about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. To infinity and beyond! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? It's classified. You talking to me? I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. I can't lie! Expecto Patronum! Entertainment X. You never know what you're going to get. For this episode, I sit down and chat with Paul McGill, and we deep dive into his life. We touch on gratitude, faith, love, hope, lessons he's learned along the way, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and keep on keeping on. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me is Paul McGill. Paul, thank you for inviting me into your humble abode. It's such a pleasure to have you. I love it. I love this location. I love New York City. So yeah. It's, and you, how long have you been in New York City to I've date? Been, <laughs> to date, uh, well, today is uh, beginning of September, so in, yeah. in like maybe a week or two, I'll celebrate 15 years of living I in New York. Love it. Do you love it? I do. I do. I kind of do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, as a, as a, as a city, as an accessibility, as a resource, it's amazing. Um, but you know, 15 years of, of concrete and grid, um, and crowds, it starts to feel like I need a little space. So that's where I'm at. That. I understand that. That, yeah. Let's, okay. So let's, let's go back to the beginning of time for you. Absolutely. Back to Pittsburgh. Uh, what were your theater dreams? You know, I start, well, it's, it's very funny because it's kind of Mike in a chorus line story where like my sister started dancing and I asked my mom, you know, can I dance too? And, um, you know, she was like, sure, you can totally do that, but also like play baseball and be in Boy Scouts and, you know, play sports just to really get, you know, a well-rounded life. And, um, and I did all that, but my, my theater dreams were, um, my sort of beacon of theater was Rochelle Rack um, at an early age. She was my, I went to her mom's studio. She was my teacher. Um, we were sort of, you know, taught under the, the uh, bite the apple, sass trademark kind of, okay, <laughs> kind okay. of thing. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, there were pictures up on the wall in the studio of, of her and cats and Starlight Express and Fosse and, you know, all these things. And, and so that was my, my in, you know, and, um, and when I was 10, I, I found a uh, theater at a place called Gargaro Productions was the name of it back then. And, um, and it was kind of this big lights, flashy kind of Broadway, uh, dream, you mm -hmm. know, as, as so many have had and still have, um, and it's obviously shifted over the years. Of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Okay. Was there, so this must've been, I mean, starting dance at a young age, right? The parents, they let you do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> obviously discipline was big yeah. in the classroom. Discipline, so <laughs> discipline for sure. And commitment. Yeah. You know, really I committed to, I'm not sure how many seasons of baseball, but I committed to it, you know, and even if I didn't want to go to the game, even if I didn't like it, um, I still went and I still showed up and I still, you know, did my part, um, to be a participant on a team. And, um, so that was integral, integral, that, that but, was but. <laughs> integral to my upbringing and my, uh, yeah. m my, yeah, my upbringing. Um, 
and sort of flashing forward, like looking at what that looks like now, you know, I've, I don't, as a performer, I never really jumped from show to show. I really like stayed in a show for a, a while to really, um, commit, you know, um, the longest being chorus line for two years, you know, right. Keeping so we're gonna do we're gonna do a lot of jumping around yeah. here, but you did bring up course line, so we'll talk about it for one second because I'm just curious. Keeping it fresh, that gets difficult, or no? Um, you know, it it goes in waves. Yeah. So the initial excitement of yeah. of what it is. Um, I mean, a show like a chorus line is so easy to keep fresh because of the nature of being on your toes and it being uh, an embodiment of real life yeah. or the okay, life of the dancer, yeah. you know? Um, but you know, it goes in waves, it goes in lulls and you kind of s work through kind of not wanting to do the Wednesday matinee, <laughs> you know, but you do yeah. it anyway and you give it as much as you, uh, as you've got, um, until, I don't know, some, some kind of grace comes back or someone reminds you of something and, and, you remember what an honor it is, you know, to tell this story or to, to, to do whatever you're doing. Um, and yeah, I mean, keeping it fresh to me is a direct correlation to gratitude and staying mm -hmm. grateful for where you are and what you've got and the, uh, the accessibility of your, of your limbs and your body and your mind, you know, and your heart on stage and the, the ability to use that to tell a story and, just keeping it really simple. Hmm. Was that taught to you, gratitude? Or is that something you've been seeking or seeked out? Um, yeah, I mean, everything's taught to us, right? But yeah. But it's kind of, I think it's about, um, I th for me, I had to take advantage of things and I had to really um, take things for granted hmm. in order to understand how painful that can be mm. so that the easier, softer way is gratitude. Yeah. So for me, it's personal experience, you right. know? Right. What did, so going back to Pittsburgh, what, what did your parents teach you about kindness? Yeah. I mean, you know, I went to a uh, Catholic grade school. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so that was, oh Lord, that was, a, I, you know, the take what you like and leave the rest. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so part of that for me was like learning how to be kind to everyone and to kind of not, not assume, you know, um, it helped that the, the school that I went to was called assumption school. <laughs> um, but not to assume what people are going through or yeah. or anything and and I, I honestly I really think that kindness comes from forgiveness um uh both of self and of other people and not judge not like really judging mm. um you know but forgiving people for where you expect them to be versus where they are and letting go of expectation so that the kindness can be um, real and not kind of a plastered smile or a, or a, or a forced gesture of kindness, but an actual uh, generous uh, spirit. Yes. I don't know. That's <laughs> no, that I makes sense to me. I'm sure it'll make sense to someone else. That's you're right. It's expectations like letting it. Yeah. 
yeah, forgiveness of self is almost to me is more difficult than yeah. That's what I. But that's others. what I love about live theater has taught me everything. Yeah, like the joy of messing up in front of thousands of people, and the embarrassment of that, and the opportunity to do it again the next night, mm. you know, is amazing. Versus film, which is also amazing medium, but you can say, ah, stop. I let's just do that once more, you know, and you just do it right then and there. Versus live theater where you're riding the ride all night and you have to live with that mistake for 24 hours until you can write it, mm -hmm. you know? And so it puts into perspective messing up a step or flubbing a line. It puts into perspective the real issue, you know, it, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And in fact, people love when that happens, you know, we would stop once every two weeks at Spider-Man and, and people loved it. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Because it's live. It's real. It's it's yeah. right in front of them. Yeah. That's and bring it to this. That's what I love about editing very little because mm -hmm. it gives the human, you know, if, if I stumble over words, say a word incorrectly or something like that, it's not it's just real. It's a conversation. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not fake. It's not polished and, you know, mm -hmm. propagandized. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, what shows taught you the most about yourself? I mean, they all have. Does one come to mind? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Chorus Line happened, um, like, right when I graduated high school. And so I really treated it like a college experience, um, like a two-year program, you know. <laughs> um, and so I was, I was on high alert. You know, I was 18. I was, like, you know, so, so green and wide-eyed and... So I really treated that and the, and the people around me as my teachers and, um, also my classmen, you know, and, um, that taught me a lot. And then also, um, you know, just to get completely candid with you, Please. um, I, I got sober right before I was doing Spider-Man. And so with this fresh kind of, uh, view of the world or, or perception of the world. Um, plus the lessons that, that, you know, lead up that to come that. with Spider-Man, yeah. you know, and the responsibility <laughs> and the, um, and the seriousness with which the, the involvement of the tech, you know, oh my God. and the, the yeah. need to stay ever present and, highly vigilant on yeah. dotting I's and crossing T's. I mean, that really also taught me a lot as well into about my viewpoints on my own performing career and why I wanted to transition out of performing. Mm. And it's, did it start there? At Spider-Man? Yeah, it started at Spider-Man. Yeah. What was the reason just to like have be in control more? No. Or just create more? I mean, I always knew that I wanted to be a choreographer and eventually a director and not because of power or control or any of those things, but more just about vision and expression and like how I can best sort of serve the arts, you mm. know? Um, yeah. I I always sort of felt like an imposter in a way, like on stage, like I was, I was sort of lying to the audience that I was a, a performer and sure I loved it. And you know, I, yeah. I've 
all of that, but but oftentimes I would like have opinions on the rec- the directorial choices or the the choreography that was kind of pushing the boundary or wishing that it were just more current or more classic or you know those types of things and um and yeah so getting back to the the sort of moment of the moment it was a moment it was definitely a moment um was it yeah it was the day after um a friend of mine from spider-man daniel curry was injured Mm -hmm. um and the that day was traumatic in itself um just because of the nature of the injury and the um the sound of the injury you mm-hmm. know and the the imagination of the visual vis- visualization i couldn't even look you know it was right. really that that traumatic for me as a as a person and you know my god i can imagine to to go to have a show the next day you know, and to, to continue exactly as things were, um, was equally as traumatic, but also, you know, there's obviously gratitude there because it, you know, I had an entrance at the time I was a swing. So so that was a whole other thing, (laughs) but, um, I had an entrance at the time that was, uh, about 60 feet in the air. And I would hang there for about a minute waiting for the, the cue to sort of be lowered down. It was this slow motion fall, you know, Spider-Man's having a dream and he's falling from the sky like Icarus. And, um, and I would just wait there and, you know, my thoughts were going through my head and, um, and it was really existential. I thought, you know, if this is it, if this were to be it, have I lived a life that I have been my fullest self, my most authentic self, or is there something I, is there a way of life that I want to live more authentically? And, and, and the answer of that question was to become a choreographer and to become eventually a director. And yeah. so, you know, I had to, the decision was kind of made in that moment. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I obviously did bullets after that. So it was a, it was a continuum and it still is sort of ever evolving, but, um, but that changed the trajectory of my life for sure. Yeah. Was, what did the, what did the journey look like into directing choreographing? You know, are you just now seeking it out? So it's finding you or were you in conversations with friends, you know, like let's create something or is this people are approaching you already saying, Hey, do you want to guess to all of these things? Right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, I, when that happened, I started reaching out to choreographers that I knew, Sergio Trujillo, uh, Rob Ashford, Chris Catelli, um, people that I'd worked with and, mm-hmm. you know, peripheral people as well. And, and actually Rob Ashford gave me the best advice. Um, we sat down, I actually didn't know him at the time and, and we sat down and his advice was, you want to be a choreographer, go choreograph. And at the time I was like, fuck you. Like, what do you, (laughs) yeah. But, but, (laughs) but the consensus of all of these successful people, 
um, is just that it, everyone has had their own path. Everyone has had to use what our superpower is, which is creativity mm. to apply it into our lives and to sort of just figure it out, you know, and, and that's continuously what I'm doing. You know, I'm poorer than I've ever been. <laughs> um, and I'm happier than I've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that works sometimes. Money yeah. and happiness. I don't <laughs> intend to be poor forever. <laughs> Hello. But you know, if yeah, but no, I'm living authentically and hopefully yeah. that will catch up with itself. Yeah. And it tends, it seems to, you know, thus far in your life, would you, would you agree that it's, it's, it's working out? It's worked out. Yeah. It's everything out. always works out, you know, yeah. and I, I can't shop, you know, I buy groceries on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not, for me personally, this is my only, my, my personal experience, my own personal journey. Yeah. I'm not in a Broadway show. And to me, that is in a way a success mm-hmm. that I'm not both performing and trying to choreograph because in my subconscious, mm-hmm. I know myself enough to know that I will then be in a split versus having a, f- a full focus and a full direction, mm. you know, and not just my subconscious, but to me, this is just my experience. The subconscious of the industry, the subconscious of the universe, if you want to get, you know, yeah. uh, quantum with it, but we'll just stick with the industry. People <laughs> see, people would see me then as a dancer who's trying to choreograph. Yeah. That's just my own opinion. But yeah, not, not that the word stigma is bad, but it's a thing. There's an attachment to what you're doing. Yes. It's like, and it's going, you know, all the way. Right. For me, I have to have a clear message. I have to have a clear. Got it. And it's really honestly, sure, the industry, the universe, whatever, it's really for myself. Yeah. It's really to say, you are doing this and whatever you have to do to make it work, you're going to make it work. I love that. Was there, was there ever a time where you were in the crossroads there? Yeah, during bullets. And that's when you were like, God, I got to commit to it. I have to fully switch. I have to. Yeah. I mean, it was such a gift that show because, um, you know, unfortunately Clyde Alves was injured and we also knew that he was going to do on the town. Mm -hmm. And so I got the bliss of teching the show, opening the show previews, um, you know, cast record like that whole like time. Mm. I got the bliss of that. And I knew that I was coming back to the show when he left. Mm. So I had about three months during the summer to do with as I chose. And so I produced and directed a commercial. Um, I, I had an idea for a commercial. And so I, ch- I found a company, you know, that I could what? make the commercial for. <laughs> How did you do that? How did you go about that? Um, I had an idea for sure. (laughs) I had an idea for a coffee commercial and, uh, about someone who was kind of twisted up in bed in the morning and kind of what it feels like to drink that first cup of coffee and sort of the unwinding of the body and the relaxation and the breath that can happen after that first. I mean, I love coffee. So, um, I can tell. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, you know, I had the idea of having a contortionist kind of, uh, folded up in bed and like walking to the kitchen on her hands and like kind of, you know, after drinking the cup, like being human again. And, um, 
And so I kind of just like looked around and there's a place that I loved on, uh, still love on 28th street called a little taste. Um, it's a tiny coffee shop and you know, I just said, can I use your, your brand? Um, and they're like, sure. Here's like, you know, a couple bags of coffee and like some French press and like, you know, I love it. Yeah. So it was kind of symbiotic. So I did that, um, in those three months. Um, I also produced a workshop of an idea that I had, um, because I knew that I was coming back into some money at the end of bullets. Mm. Um, and so I, I spent about $4,000 and, uh, on space (laughs) alone, (laughs) alone and no, truly. And, uh, and 10 dancers, 10 days. Um, the dancers obviously donated their time, um, so graciously. And we came up with, or, you know, this idea that I had, we kind of put together a 20 minute presentation. Mm. Uh, Um, and that, you know, I, I don't know what will happen with it, if anything, but for me it was, it was about, being in the lab and finding my voice, Mm. you know, because I, the only thing I'd choreographed up until that point was Broadway bears, you know, and, and there's a real, um, there's a real formula there, you know, that you kind of have to follow. Yeah. Um, which I didn't anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, that's, that's kind of how I, I invested, you know, and cold calls, cold emails, just. Where does this asking come from? You know, like, were you taught to go out and ask for what you want? Or is this something you just kind of realized? You're like, well, wait, I have, you know, I have to, people are our best resource, you know, humans. I have to go ask. Um, where does it come from? I mean, it definitely comes from, sure, like, community in Pittsburgh, you know, as a kid and my parents and stuff and yeah. asking them for help. But but more so, I think it comes from um, seeing other people ask for help and what it feels like to give those people that help, you know, uh, choreographers. So like, um, Lauren Letero was in, was in a chorus line with me. Mm. And as I watched her transition from performer to choreographer and I donated and still am happy to donate my time to her. Um, and I remember what it felt like to, invest in someone whose vision I believed in and as a dancer and to, to learn from them and to develop with them, um, in the studio. And so I remember what it felt like to be asked to help, which is why I ask for help, you know, and there is a huge stigma against, uh, not paying dancers. Um, but I really, you know, I've, (laughs) having the littlest amount of money I've, I've ever had. I'm learning sort of the meaning of money and the meaning of resource and the meaning of abundance and what, you know, what I have, 
And, um, and it's not all financial, you know, yes, of course it costs money to eat and to live in New York city, which is so expensive. (laughs) Um, it's an understatement. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, investment, you know, and not really knowing what seeds will grow and how, or how they'll grow or, you know, going, just going, honestly, it's going with your heart before yeah. your brain or your gut really before the brain. Cause my brain tells me you don't work with that person. They're not paying you, mm-hmm. you know, you need to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like the logic sort of like, uh, side of the brain kicks in and, um, but I have to like sit with it and remember like why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, and yeah, I think that's, that's where asking for help comes from. Yeah. Have you gotten better at being, I guess not being is trusting your gut. Has that gotten easier over time? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's changes, (laughs) but trending, trending in that way. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's as many ways to approach art and to approach life as there are people in the world. And so I feel like part of a large part of what we do as artists is to build community and build, uh, the people we surround ourselves by and who we create with. And, um, a large part of that has to do with, um, just connection with each other and, yeah. and um, who we let in and how we let them in. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm a pretty trusting person and um, it's a long game, you know, it's life is a long game. It's not about it is. deciding right then and there, like who's going to be the person forever and who's not. Um but I also have my forever people, you know, I have friends since some, you know, people that I've known since I was five years old. Um, well, we were talking about Bobby before we started. Yeah. Robert Zlotnick. Totally. Yeah. And you know, That's our mutual friend, Ruth Ann, who's like getting married and like, we're both in the wedding and like, we've known each other for forever, you yeah. know? And, um, and even if they're not immediate all the time, there's like this community. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you for like jumping in this deep with me. Cause yeah. this is like really, it's nice to not just talk about the resume, you know, to I see don't what, like small talk. What keeps you, <laughs> yeah. Right. What keeps you ticking. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy that. I, there are a few, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't hit a few of these other more on the surface things. Sure. I am very curious, very curious if you're willing to divulge a little bit of the process with Lakage. Is it true you were in high school and you left like, ASAP was that a thing yeah I mean it was it's it was like it was a movie (laughs) yeah um I was (laughs) I was doing a half day theater program in Pittsburgh so I was you know my gym credits were my dance classes and my electives were like theater history and theory and voice and speech and you know we had like a really great curriculum and um without that I wouldn't have been able to prepare you know Mm. for this audition um 
so Rochelle Rack uh, was doing Dirty Rotten at the time with Jerry Mitchell. And he's like, I can't find us. I need a swing. I can't find a swing who can like, you know, do acrobatics, but also dance in heels, but also tap dance, but also, you know, it looks like a girl, but blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was like okay. a very specific. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why it popped into her head, but I did. And I was, uh, I had just turned 17. Um, it was actually around this time. Uh, uh, 15 years ago. And, uh, yeah, I came up to audition and, you know, with my dad, uh, and my heels, (laughs) supportive (laughs) parents. Um, and, uh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, uh, um, you know, he's like preparing me the whole time up there. He's like, you're going to do so great, but like, honestly, they're probably not going to hire you just because you're a minor, just because like Mm. you're 17, there's lots of legal stuff. Like they'd have to get a tutor. Like there's so many things that would have to go along with it. So yes, this is a great opportunity, but I'm also helping you to prepare for not rejection, but just for them going a different way. Mm. Um, and you know, I did my audition and it was down to four people and, uh, we sang our songs and, you know, after my song, they're like, can you, can you, uh, bring your dad in the room? <laughs> and like right then and there, they were like, so, um, yes, you know, it's a Monday and we, you're going to start on Saturday. Um, so, you know, if you can be here by Saturday, that would be amazing. <laughs> and I, you know, went home and dropped out of my high school. I mean, not, I didn't drop out of school, but right. I, that high, that specific high school and, it was uh it was a dream yeah it was the broadway dream it was a big musical just like i was saying at the beginning it was it was a big musical you know i was basically playing rochelle rack you know on stage <laughs> i was using all of these these sort of broadway tools and like this like huge oversized smile and like wide eyes and like playing to the balcony and that sort of like larger than life can can that we did and um and it was a dream what what were you learning in these rehearsal rooms from like the top performers the people that are in there were there common themes that were coming up or just lessons being learned yeah i mean that production of lacage i don't know what people were going through at the time but oh yeah <laughs> Um, you know, as a 17 year old swing, who's also trying to like make some grades in high school, um, (laughs) and like do homework while like tracking stuff. Uh, a lot of people weren't so kind, you know, um, a lot of people were sort of in perfectionist mode and kind of like, um, anyway, I'll steer away from that because it's irrelevant at this point in my life, but it did teach me actually, it really did teach me about kindness, you know, and not knowing what other people are going through, but also, um, yeah, I was learning from like Gary Beach and Gavin Creel and Linda Balgord, you know, just to like name a few amazing, amazing people and, um, about, I mean, the, I think that the, the, the common thing was rising to the occasion, mm. you know, it was really just stepping through the fear and just doing it anyway. And, um, 
I, I had to, in our run through in the studio, I had to, to perform and, you know, Harvey Firestein was like, you went in a chorus girl and you came out a star, you know, that line from 42nd street. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it really did kind of solidify to stamp into, to me, um, the, the potential of showing up, you know, it wasn't a perfect performance, mm. but, um, but I did it anyway, you know, and I didn't know exactly what I was doing at all times, but I did it anyway and nobody got hurt and um and it built real self-esteem you know not false sort of self-esteem but real yeah believing in yourself yeah did you get did you get better at not taking things personally no <laughs> uh, have you i or have no? I, I mean, have by this point yeah i have by this point but then you know <laughs> as as <No>. a <laughs> honestly as an adolescent like wanting to be liked is like and is part of the deal it's like a core function yeah um as a kid yeah yeah and so you know i took a lot personally um hindsight's 2020 but um but yeah that's my honest answer no i like that and i i thanks for your honesty because there's i'm getting i'm trying to get better at it you know if someone blows up on me it's not you know me it's them or yeah. if someone's like super complimentary about so it's like a feeling they've had Right. So it's like, I mean, you know, take it personally with a grain of salt, but it's like, that's all because someone else has had a reaction, their, their reaction to a situation. Right. You know, if you're not intending to be, you know, rude or anything, there's nothing you can do about that if it's taken poorly. But I think it's really interesting to not take things, to not take things personally. Yeah. You know, compliments I mean, or insults. Yeah. I mean, what I've learned over the years is that the only thing that I have responsibility for is my own actions and my own thoughts. Yeah. That's it. That's all I've got. And so <laughs> it's yeah. such knowing that is such a relief, but then flipping it on the other side, that's what other people have. Yeah. And so if they don't realize that they're just kind of maybe going through life, uh, and I'm guilty of it too, you know, going through life and not necessarily thinking about, uh, the percussions of, of one's actions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's an, it's an interesting thing to keep on the, forefront of my mind to not take things personally that's why yeah. it's um jumping rewinding mm -hmm. going backwards here um a chorus line every little step mm -hmm. <laughs> i've seen it twice i mm. love it what was the journey of yeah what was the journey of auditioning for that show with this you know filming situation going on what was that for you was it prepared like did they say, honestly you know, i didn't really mind it yeah For me, audition. Well, it was interesting because I went to an open call for a chorus line, um, and I got cut. Um, and so I thought my journey there was over. And then, you know, Binder Casting was looking for someone young who could dance, who could play Mark, and um, actually Sergio. I didn't even have an agent. Sergio uh, Trujillo suggested me to the casting department, and they're like, "Oh, that's a great idea. Let's see him." And like. And I'm like, you don't realize that you cut me, but um, <laughs> maybe I'm a hack. I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> they're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was like I was. I had moved back to Pittsburgh to graduate high school. Okay. Um, I went to performing arts high school here during Lacage. Mm. Um, and you know, I was coming back up to the city, and like, 
it was it was such a big event anyway that I didn't feel like someone was coming into my home with a camera. I felt like it was just kind of part of the, the whole thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't a it wasn't a big deal and I just I thought that was film was interesting. They they sort of only focused on the women so much and yeah. their personal journeys. Um and Jason Tam's audition. Yeah. You know, but they didn't really kind of dive into what it's like to be a guy auditioning. Um yeah. but I think it's a wonderful film anyway. Yeah. I think it's the only one that's been done, I think. I don't know. I think that's like the only one that's actually documented mm. auditions like that for a show. Right, right, right. I Big think. auditions. Um okay. Jumping forward to Hedwig. Oh sure. And associating with that, with being the associo. What was the so what was the journey to joining that? And what was it like, you know, resetting these characters with different people and finding that? I mean, it came out of the blue. Did it really? Not true. (laughs) My grandmother had passed away um, when I was on break during Bullets. Mm. And about three weeks later, I got a call out of nowhere that was like, hey, could you, you know, be the associate on this show? Um, we're sort of looking for somebody who's going to, you know, put people into the show. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was, I, I mean, I've loved Hedwig since I was a kid. I was a huge head head as, as an adolescent. And so I knew it well and like, you know, fangirl, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was like, obviously <laughs> I'm yeah. going to do this. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, uh, and yeah, so I was running, I was, it was kind of this sort of one of those Elaine Stritch stories where like I was doing bullets at night but then there was like a 10 o'clock show of Hedwig so I would run out of the stage door across Times Square because they were both on 44th um, to the Belasco and I'd like sneak in and like watch and like sort of like learn the show you know at that time so you know I missed about a half an hour of the show but I was like sort of doing this sort of back and forth double duty thing it was just like Again, one of those like dream things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I put a lot of people <laughs> into Hedwig and, and knowing what sort of what it was expected to be a final product versus because it is a one man show more or less. Um, yeah. Yitzhak and the band as well, but yeah, it's pretty much a one man show. And so, you're rehearsing with somebody very intensely. Yeah. And, um, these are people who are, who are stars. They're stars, you know, and they have their own process. They have been doing this for forever and not just from their education, but from their, film careers and their theater careers and their television careers. Like they've, everyone has their own way of learning a show. Everyone has their own way of doing things. And a lot of these people have never been a replacement in a show or mm. replaced, you know, on a, in any way. So they're the first, yeah. yeah, they're normally the first person. So yeah. to, to help it, to feel like they're creating it yeah. while still, 
knowing where the final <laughs> sort of result has to land generally. Yeah. Um, Leading him to point B without saying go to point B. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right um, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a lesson in how to, uh, in psychology. Yeah. Really. Well, what did you learn about human communication? How did you get better at communicating? Yeah. I mean, teaching grown men to dance in heels, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I tried to go in the actor's mind versus the dancer's mind and, um, and inform the physicality first. So we talked about like opening the shoulders, um, you know, sort of lifting the chest because, uh, traditionally like women will hold under and the man holds over when they're holding hands, mm -hmm. um, because they're shorter because, you know, genetics and it's just natural in a way. And then sort of the idea of keeping the wrists and the vulnerable soft places open mm. to be a little bit more feminine. And you know what I would say, like, let me smell your perfume on your hand, you know, on your wrists yeah. and, um, and so to find the soft sort of mystique as well, like where sort of the head lies or, you know, where the shoulders lie and sitting into the ribs and the hips. And, you know, ultimately if there is sort of a, a bevel, but not a bevel, you know what I mean? Not a yeah. Susan Stroman bevel, but like a, <laughs> just sort of a relaxed, um, ankle. Yeah. Which gives the illusion, you know, mm -hmm. and from there they can just sort of live in that physicality. Yeah. Was that an incredibly quick timeline? Um, I had about a month with everybody except John Cameron Mitchell took six weeks. Okay, cool. Um, but he wanted to really sort of reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, in life, what's most important to you? I mean, the word that comes to mind is beauty, um, but that sort of permeates through everything. It, it permeates into my relationships. Mm. Um, it permeates into my emotional growth. You know, there can be beauty in pain as well as joy, you know, and I can, I can be joyful, but still be um, struggling, you know, and so really to live a full life of beauty, I think is really important. Um, and yeah, beauty with, with self and with other people, but ultimately like, yeah, I got to keep myself good so that I can like remain, I don't know, with, with, with my loved ones or with my loathed ones, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, s remaining graceful and also integrity. You know, I um, I really strive for integrity in friendships and relationships and all of these things um, where I want to be the same person everywhere mm -hmm. because I lived so long being sort of different people, um, mm -hmm. you know, when I wasn't sober, um, that it's important to me to kind of be the same person to everybody. Um, and it gets tricky because I'm not for everyone, you know, and I know that, like, I know that people like 
probably some people roll their eyes when they hear my name or some people like, you know, get lovely feelings when they hear, you know, it's not, it's just about, yeah, I guess living with integrity and beauty, I guess is, yeah. is what it is about. No, I love that. What do you, is there one thing? Well, I guess the question is, what do you know? Is there one thing that you know? I mean, there are a few things that I know for sure. Um, One of which is change, (laughs) you know, and fluidity. Um, um, I mean, there's so much that I don't know. Mm. But like, yeah, one thing that I know... um, I mean, if you want to get like gooey about it, it would be like love. I know love, you know, and I know pain. Like I know my, I know my emotions and I also know that there are emotions that I don't even know yet. You know, I've Mm. never, um, I've experienced like some death, but like not tremendously in my life or, um, you know, um, I know what it feels like to like live a dream um and i and i i guess i guess like you know like back like several levels in my psyche like i really know who i am mm-hmm. even if i'm not constantly constantly moving in that direction even if there is like fear that like paralyzes me or like distracts me into something else like i i at the core of of myself i know who i am Mm. who i was before and who i intend to be Mm. that's a great it's a great answer (laughs) i love it no i really i know it's going to resonate it's resonating with me so i know it resonates with more people um how have you got better with dealing with loss and this could be like a job. I yeah. Mean, so, you know, it's not just loved ones. Yeah. I mean, passing. when you say loss, yeah. That's what <laughs> it, it comes really to, right? Of, <laughs> Do I even need to say it? It really thinks of jobs. Uh, but how have you gotten better at that? Like dealing with that? I was so good at it uh, as a performer. Yeah. Um, you know, I would walk out of, walk into an audition as prepared as I possibly could be mm. um, and walk out letting go of all of the results. Mm. Um, but I'm so new to the choreography world, you know, it's about five years since I've made the transition a little over five years. And, um, and so I'm still not, and the times are changing so quickly. So, so I'm still not sure how to get a job (laughs) and, um, so any job that comes along feels like kind of precious Mm-hmm. but I'm, I, I've sort of agreed to myself. I've made a promise to myself that until I am like, I've signed the contract and I'm in the studio, like it's not my job, you know, and I can prepare it's for it true. as much as possible. And, 
I guess as a creative, the way I'm kind of dealing with rejection is to like, yeah, again, show up anyway, mm-hmm. um, do the work anyway. Um, and even if it doesn't turn into what I imagined it would, I've sort of, you know, I can put it in my back pocket and, um, keep concepts or little details or like sort of little, you know, magical bits for another job that would come along, you know, so that Yeah. I mean, it's not up to me, I guess <laughs> at the end of the day, even I can yeah. say it, but, but still like feeling it and how other people deal with, you know, rejecting, which yes. is, which is, uh, some people are very graceful and will say, um, thank you. Like, you know, either your, your work resume resonates with me or it doesn't resonate with me. Um, or, you know, a common thing these days is kind of, you know, you're wonderful, but you know, we want a woman on our team, um, or, you know, something like this, which I totally appreciate and, and applaud. Um, and so I have to trust, I have to have faith and patience, you know, that the work that I'm doing and what I'm consuming, you know, everything that I'm consuming and engaging in, um, is ultimately bringing me closer to myself. And so remembering and embodying that the work is not the end all be all or the relationship is not the end all be all, but just sort of part of the process of living part of the gift of, of having a full life, Yeah, you know? Um, and it, it, those are the bigger chunks. The lar- the smaller chunks are like each interaction that I have, like, um, you know, is it bringing me closer to or further away from myself? I just have to kind of remember, remember that. Is that a question you're asking when opportunities are coming up? You know, is it bringing me closer or further away from myself? Um, no, okay. no I'm just <laughs> because, curious. because the opportunities, question, the opportunities that are coming, um, at this point, <laughs> um, are very few and far between. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, okay. so, and not because, um, honestly, I have to, I really have to think it, I really have to believe that it has to do with my age. I'm still very young. I just turned 32. Happy um, birthday. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and yeah. in the grand scheme of things, you know, I'm still maturing on in, in my craft and my, of course, all of that stuff. So, okay. so, um, yeah, with the jobs that, that are coming in, I, I try to say, how can I, how can I make this something that is in alignment with who I am mm. versus is this job a yes or a no? Mm-hmm. Because I need the work, but I also need to express myself, you know, and I also need to lift the work the best way that I know how, yeah. you know? And so, um, when someone comes to me and says, I want you to do the music man, you know, 
I automatically think of like Shapoopy or like marrying the librarian and like start to cringe, you know? Mm-hmm. And so because of, because of, uh, past experiences and, um, high school productions and, you know, things that have been sort of put into my, uh, my consciousness. Um, and so I have to sort of let all of that set sail and sort of allow a new approach. And so, you know, with the music man, we we put tap dancing in it and I sort of equivocated it to the vaudeville circuit and, you know, the traveling salesmen were, not just on a little train bouncing up and down, but they were sort of in chairs moving to the rhythm and the words and digging into Meredith Wilson's sort of uh, percussion, you know, his, his style of rap. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's, also, it's also fascinating to me. Um, changing gears a little bit here as we're wrapping up. Yeah. D- morning rituals, ways you start your day? Coffee. Coffee. Um... um is it drip coffee, French press coffee? It's an espresso it? situation. Great. Um, but I'm also kind of, <laughs> I'm trying to sort of look at my consumption in the world and, and what I'm what I'm using uh, that is waste. Mm. Or um, so I'm like, wh- I, I'm hoping to work towards an espresso that is reusable rather than the pods. Yeah. Um, meditation when I have the willingness. Um um, is that short, long? You do like five minutes or 30 minutes? It depends on my willingness. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, and some sort of inspiration, some sort of thing that, that gets me going, whether it's, uh, you know, something on the calendar or an idea that I'm excited by that I want to get to work on. Um, you know, I've got uh, two ideas sort of very different things. One is a kind of circus show play situation Mm. and the other is an opera and I'm who knows if anything will happen with them, but just to keep working on them and keep sort of ticking at them. Um, I think is, uh, it just keeps me going, you know, yeah, it's investment. It's not just investment in, uh, a career or, you know, monetary, but it's an investment in my passion and in my, self and how i mean the thing about art is is that we're it's a mirror it's a reflection it's a process like i'm processing things when i go see shows or the you know even the museum or whatever like i'm yeah it's it's a form of meditation and so i have to continuously do this cycle this process this meditation of development and discovery so that when it's time, when shit hits the fan and somebody says, okay, we need a really cool show in a month. <laughs> like I will have the accessibility and the, the exercise and the practice of development and sort of working around these concepts. Um, yeah, that's kind of my, my morning ritual. I mean, I, I also wish that I could afford a gym. <laughs> so okay. uh, that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, yeah. I would love to go back to the gym. So if anyone listening um, has a deal with a gym, <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I, t- I worked okay. at Equinox. I worked yeah. at Barry's boot camp. you okay. know, just to really kind of a get the gym situation, but also B yeah. sort of make some money on the side. So, you know, again, you, you want to be a choreographer, choreograph and everything else will sort of have to figure itself out. Yes. And I love this idea of the long game. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're working and developing now for things you don't even know that are coming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like being ready so you don't have to get ready. That whole right. idea is wonderful. Um, favorite uh, books or um, documentaries? I know we were talking about a few different before we started. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love documentaries. I absolutely love documentaries. Um, the I'm not a huge fiction fan. Okay. Like, I really have trouble sitting down with a, with a Marvel movie or like, you know, rom-com. Um, because I want to learn about the world around me so that I can make the art. Um, but I loved, uh, biggest little farm. Yeah. Uh, I just watched it on a plane and the metaphor of, of the farm and the, the, the wheel of life and like sort of building a momentum and kind of having nature take care of itself so that it can be symbiotic. And, um, you know, that metaphor really rings for me. Um, I also do love man on wire, um, just as a film in general. Um, Yeah, other documentaries. I mean, I love The Source Family, which is, like, about a cult. Uh, I love cult documentaries. You know, they're just, like, these, like, weird things that people do in, like, weird cultures. Like, I'll, I will watch Ancient Aliens. I'll watch, like, you know, when I'm trying to go to sleep. Um, Yeah, I'm a big documentary guy. Yeah. And there's some really good ones. I mean, the ones you named, yes. And the, the Duplass brothers. Oh, I haven't seen it. They're, well, they're two guys that literally just make, I mean, I would look them up. I wouldn't even suggest a uh-huh. documentary. I'd look them up uh-huh. and see what they're working on. Cause they, it's just like, holy cow. Yeah. Just some of the stories that are dug up all across the world. It's just like ways of being, you know, why people do what they do. Right. Fascinating. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Really and do. even, I mean, the study of like, um, like mommy dead and dearest. Like, I don't know if it's on Hulu or Netflix or whatever, but like, yeah, one of them just <laughs> studying like how people again the sort of putting the coin in the in the jar or put whatever you're putting in the jar yeah you know adds up and accumulates and so watching these people sort of not like i don't know it's fascinating to watch because it, it feels is. like such a departure from from a life that i uh once knew yeah wow this is this has been an incredible conversation Thank you. Really, thank yeah, you for thank participating. You. Thank you. Um, so do you, is there a word or a phrase that you would put like on a billboard for millions of people to see? Does anything come to mind? A word. Um, I mean, it would be like, it would be listen. Mm. Um, I think because we're so we're so taken with ourselves as a culture and as a social media kind of thing that like we just put out there and we sort of tweet and we post on Facebook and we post on Instagram and we we're just sort of skimming through the rest of life because there is so much out there so that I feel like for me it would be listen because listen doesn't just mean with my ears. It means like within, it means like, to body language, which to me I say is my first language, is sort of the way people physicalize throughout the world. And um, yeah, listen, I think. This is great. Paul, thank you so much. Thank is there, you. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap my up? My God, I feel like I've been just babbling. No, no, <laughs> no, you have. I mean, it's all, it's really, it's all good stuff. So I really appreciate it. Um, what, what's the best place to like follow you or, you know, keep an eye? Where can we find you online? Um, yeah, I mean, I have, 
sometimes post, <laughs> um, but I do try yeah. to listen more. Um, but okay. I'm on Instagram. It's Paul underscore McGill underscore. And then like my website, which really that's where all my work is. It's mm. um, org. Love it. Um, yeah. Great. This has been fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Paul McGill. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. <laughs>